You're listening to Pack Dynamics, a Fandom on the Rocks podcast. Hello, welcome back to Pack Dynamics, a Fandom on the Rocks podcast. I am Emily. And I'm Allison. And this is season one, episode four, Magic Bullet. Looking at it now, just what a great name for an episode that has nothing to do with what I immediately thought of when they when they said Magic Bullet. Are you thinking of the the blender? I am, in fact, not thinking oh. of the blender. <laughs> I was thinking, of, I was like, you mean the little blender on my counter? No, not the little blender on your counter. I'm thinking of other things. But yes, oh. <laughs> yep. There we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. But definitely a magic bullet. Just mm-hmm. not that one or that one. This one. <laughs> These first episode titles are so on the nose that they at first you're like, what the fuck is this title? Oh, right. It's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. Like, oh. Yeah, okay. And you would think that that would make it easier to remember? No, not at all. But it somehow makes it harder. Like these episodes all kind of like blur together for me, except for one four, which just kind of like sits over here in a category all by itself. I wonder why. I love this episode. Is it good? Eh. Do I love it? (laughs) Yes, I do. Yes, you do? Yes, I do. Yeah, I don't know how. Well, I don't know how I feel about this episode yet. We'll we'll get into it. We'll get there. The quick recap is there's a new werewolf hunter in town and her first target is Derek. What's in her bullets? A wounded Derek is soon forced to help, forced to seek help from Scott and Styles. There are things I love about this episode that we'll get into. And then there are things that I hate about this episode. I think, I mean, well, I don't think I know because this series is 10 years old and we've talked about this in the past, even when it was airing, but like, we have very different takes on Kate Argent. Yes, we do, which yeah. we'll get into here in a hot minute. Yes. So we have another, some subterfuge in the cold open of an unnamed woman driving into town and a, is she going to be hurt? Is she not going to be hurt as she, as a werewolf is running alongside her car? Spooky monster out Spooky the window. Monster, lands on the roof, tries to pull her from the car, oh, except- God. This woman has a sawed-off shotgun because she is fucking crazy. She is fucking crazy, and I love her so (laughs) much. I love Kate Argent. This is Kate Argent. I absolutely adore her. Is she a good person? No. (laughs) Absolutely not. Is she an interesting character? You betcha. Villains Welcome are to always Team super Wolf. interesting. I love I love this. I love this woman. I love this character. I freaking love her. <laughs> she is so unpredictable. She is so over the top, as you see from this intro. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, you know what the reasonable response is to like something dropping on my car? Pulling out a giant gun from my car she and tra- screaming into the street. She trades the little shotgun for a huge assault rifle. She sure does. She levels up real fucking fast when she realizes. And like, you know, you go into her trunk and it's just like artillery, artillery, artillery. And you're like, does any one person need? Well, she has the supernatural Impala trunk. That's just, it's a weapons cache back there. It's a weapons cache for sure. Yeah. So (laughs) there is at least one werewolf running around. She shoots at it and does seem to hit somebody. She seems to hit. Yeah, she's tracking. There was the spooky thing that landed on her car. And now she's hit something. Mm -hmm. Not a mountain lion. And not the spooky creature that was running around her car. 
I mean, like, maybe. Like, we don't see. We're not sure. At this point, we're not entirely sure, but we do know that they have different color eyes at this particular point in time because she shoots Derek. Yes. Sweet Derek is now wounded in the arm. And his his wound is smoking purple. It is smoking purple. And you look at his face and, like, his whole face just, like knows it's a death sentence. He knows Mm -hmm. what this is. He knows what's going on. And he knows that he has to throw out like all of his politeness, werewolf 101, like everything out the window because he knows if this doesn't get out, it's bad. Yeah. His whole face just falls. Yep. And because he's unlike Scott, he actually knows what's going on. At least a little. Yeah. At least a little. He, you know, he did lose his entire family and a lot of the lore that came with it, but he... Got a number of years where he was learning about stuff, werewolf stuff. He seems to know just enough werewolf stuff that when something happens, he can like tell Scott a little bit of lore, but not enough that you think the writers have actually built everything out. Yeah. And like, you can kind of backtrack that. You're like, oh, he was just a kid. Of course, kids don't listen to their parents when talking about a pack of alphas or about Mm -hmm. like a, a hunter client. Like you don't. You know, but it's like, oh, yeah, mom was talking about this once. I took mm-hmm. her out. But this is what I remember. Or there's certain things that the family, like, everyone gather around. If you get shot with a bullet and it doesn't heal. It's bad. You're going to need X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So between Kate pulling out the gigantic gun out of her car and shooting Derek, like, we flashed to Allison's house. And we're like, why are we flashing to Allison's house? And daddy alludes to, like, oh, your Aunt Kate is here. I just got to go get her. In Allison's sweet, precious purple pajamas. Yes. These are, this is the cutest she looks in the entire show. These purple pajamas. Yes. I love them so much. Sometimes she really does look age appropriate. Yeah, she does. It's like, what's this, 15, 16 year old kid? Yeah. Yeah. Especially for girls in high school shows, they really tend to like age them up with clothing and hair and makeup. Yeah. But in her little pajamas, you're like, oh, she could be in high school. Her little pajamas. I love her little pajamas. Yeah. She could, she could be in high school. But yes, this crazy woman with a gun is, in fact, Chris's sister, Kate's aunt. Yeah. So she's the sister of Chris, Daddy Argent, and the aunt of Allison, Pajamas Argent. <laughs> and my, my quote for this particular scene is, all I've got is, please put the assault rifle away before someone notices. Mm-hmm. If that isn't a big brother, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know what it is. It's like, ugh. Just the sigh, the life leaving his body. And considering how fucked up Chris Argent is when someone else is worse than him. Yeah. You know she's a problem. Oh, this girl. Is a goddamn what problem. A, what a problem. Meanwhile, Scott has woken up to a wolf howling in the distance. Oh. And he runs off and manages to track this all down. And he overhears Chris and Kate at the scene of the crime talking about how it's going to take 48 hours for the shot werewolf to die. So now we have a ticking clock. Done, done. For sweet Derek. For sweet Derek, who did not deserve this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did not deserve this. He does tend to end up in dangerous situations slightly unprepared. He does. And it's not all his fault, I would say. Not, no. 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 He does eventually bring some of it on himself. But like right yes. now, no, he's just he's trying his best. He is trying so hard and gets very little done for it. So, yeah, this is our our cold open. I can't. So we're four episodes in. I think the majority of them, the cold opens feature the characters of the show. 
you know, a lot of the supernatural shows that I watch, the cold open will feature like extras or background characters who experience something that then the other characters have to investigate mm-hmm. to like set off the tone of the, the episode or the tone of the show. Teen Wolf is just like, no, no, we're going to keep these five minutes for our characters. For plot. For, for plot. Fancies. We're just going to jump right the fuck into the show. We're not going to waste time on extraneous characters having something happen to them. We're just going to we're gonna barrel right in. Yeah, because this show is very... If it were a monster of the week, I think it definitely could do that with its cold open. But it's just really not a monster of the week. It's just it's like, not. here's the problem we're going to talk about this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is and it other- you waking up in a pile of leaves? Is it you... Yeah. Doing whatever? Is it an Argent with, with a giant gun? in the street and other stuff happens to other people in town but it tends to be because one of the main characters was involved somehow it's not like a a werewolf was hunting postman number six and now they have to investigate the crime yeah it's definitely like that eventually comes up but not until like season six Mm-hmm. Like, because you're watching this whole show and you're like, isn't that like a whole town full of people who like are <laughs> trying to be protected and not just these like 15 people? Mm-hmm. But towards the end, like in season six, they're like, oh, yeah, there are other people. <laughs> Collateral damage. Yeah, that's always an interesting thing about supernatural TV shows is you tend to think like, you know, there are other people here who are noticing this, right? And are being like, affected by it. When stuff happens, like in the next episode at the school. Yeah. Like, okay, so that just turned out to be what it was. But you're like, when it's not, what are you going to wipe the memories of everyone in this town who have now seen some weird shit? Boop. Like, I think about that in the X-Files, too, with things people have seen and they're just wandering around going, you know, I'm pretty sure I fucking saw a chupacabra. Pretty sure. (laughs) Pretty sure just a whole field of, like, dead sheep. like dead. And that X-Files agent over there, that FBI guy, did not disabuse me of that notion. (laughs) In fact, he seemed really into it. He seemed supportive somehow of my theory. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that information. (laughs) And that goes on for 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. There's just people walking around having seen aliens and werewolves and shit. But I guess Beacon Hills is just used to it. Either that or just they said they save all their pent up anger and aggression for later. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, so we've got some school chats here between Scott and Styles, who are once again talking about the alphas in class. Just in class, just hanging out in the middle of school. Yeah. And they're not quiet. Like, they're loud. Someone is going to overhear this shit and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Especially maybe Mr. Harris. I don't need werewolf ears to hear you. No, you're, nobody you're does. yelling. You are sitting right fucking there. I did like the cut, though. So they're saying, you know, no more talk about Alpha or Derek, especially Derek, who still scares me. Cut to Derek walking down the school hallway, clearly in pain, bleeding from the arm. It was just a nice little. And in this moment, I have to ask the universe, why does he scare you, Styles? Well, you know, when you're in high school and wondering about your sexuality and... And all of a sudden something is a little less weird or surprising to you. And you're like, huh, maybe Mm -hmm. that's a thing that I know about myself, huh? Weird, because Scott doesn't seem to be scared of Derek anymore. He was scared of Derek. He's very early on, but but now he's just like, ugh, Derek. Yeah. He seems just more angry at Derek than anything else. Yeah. 
yeah he's mostly just like grumpy about it or yeah, he, he seems just grumpy like Ugh, fine <laughs> like very much like we're brothers now like okay now i'm just mad at you and i'll show like i'll show up like whatever it's fine yeah these are the parts of scott that have always annoyed me is like could you just let derek teach you like for a season or two you need to calm the fuck down about your like posturing of I don't know. Like, I want to say that, but also I used to work at a high school and like, I can a hundred percent like 15 year old boys. Like, I got this. Yeah. I don't need nobody's yeah. help from nothing. It's like, okay, it's cool guys. He's, he's always like, I don't know what's going on. Like, well, maybe if you spent five minutes listening to this guy, you might. You might pumpkin patch. I don't know. But again, everyone's just going through so much trauma and they don't, they might know it's happening. They might not know it's happening, but boy, is it happening. Mm-hmm. So it is in this moment with a heavy heart, I may have to to turn in my steric badge. Absolutely not. You leave Jackson out of this. <laughs> no, because for longtime listeners of this beloved channel, I did a That's My Ship episode, which is a series that is on Patreon where we bring in folks who aren't on the main cast, as it were, to talk about fandom and ships and things that we don't necessarily talk about on the main content. And I did one on Steric. And mm-hmm. it was really great and super fun. And in that episode, I incorrectly <laughs> <laughs> say that Derek comes to this school in this scene looking for styles. He does not. He comes very, very clearly looking for Scott. He ends up almost running, like Styles almost runs him over, but he very clearly comes looking for Scott. Yes. And I made an error. My goggles were on too tight, and I am so sorry. <laughs> but Derek, rip. But Derek is very injured and very hurt and looking for literally like the only person he knows by name who isn't actively out to hurt him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is such a sad. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Such a sad state of affairs. This is partly why I love Derek as a character, though, which I think it's a shame that I feel like the show never really delves into enough backstory and enough of like the sad parts of Derek and the fandom does. Yeah. But I think the show doesn't where you're like, does it say it in this episode or the next one where like 10 people die in a house fire? It's at the end of this one. It's 11 people. 11 people. Again, it's not always clear if it's all family or family and friends, but like that's a lot of his pack, his people. And that's a big family. That's a big family. My immediate family is three people. Right. Yeah. I would have to pull a lot of family to get 11 people in a house. Yes. And those are the ones who died. There may have been more in there. Like right now there's two of us. You know what I mean? Like it's me and my mom. To have that happen, and he was a child. Yeah. And now he has nobody. He's living in a burned out shell of a house where everyone died. That it must smell like that. Like It must smell like that, yeah. And now he's hurt and having to come to someone who clearly doesn't like him. Doesn't trust him. a lot. Yeah. And I just feel like the show does not dig into that dynamic or in that bravery or gumption. And I just wanted to acknowledge that for sweet Derek. My firstborn son, Derek Hale. <laughs> Although, you know, I gotta I gotta bring it back around to the truth. Unfortunately, in for us in this case, he is not the teen wolf that Teen Wolf is named for. I know. 
So maybe there could be a spinoff. Young adult wolf. <laughs> Young adult wolf. Young adult eyebrows. I know. <laughs> the show is about Scott. But Derek's looking for Scott. But who does he find first? Jackson. Well, welcome to the wonderful world of werewolf PTSD, Jackson Woodmore. Yeah, this poor kid too, man. Oh, Jackson. Poor Jackson. I love that he's still on the steroid thing too. Yeah, he's like, whatever drugs you're on. Like. Yeah, he thinks that Derek is a drug dealer. And his first instinct, which is no instinct at all, is to be like, what are you selling, Scott? And will you give me some? In the middle of a high school hallway. My dude. My dude. What are you doing? Derek does not have time for this shit. And he grabs Jackson by the back of the neck and slams him into a locker, accidentally puncturing the back of his neck with his claws because he's not fully in control of himself right now because of the bullet wound. Because of the bullet wound. Is it kind of hot? Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. So. Does it have consequences? Yeah. Yeah. It does. Sure, <laughs> sure does. does. Oh boy, does it have consequences. What is that ship name? Is it, I'm so sorry for the Derek and Jackson people out in the universe. I don't have enough of you on my dash. Let's find out. So I don't know what the ship name is. Hailmore. Oh, of course it's Hailmore. Of course it is. That's a pretty good one. I like it. It's really good. I've seen that one around. Absolutely. Nice. It's also a good band name, Hailmore. It is. Well, because you've got Staxon and Skaxon (laughs) and Jidia. (laughs) So Hailmore is great. Hellmore is good. Yeah. Hellmore is pretty great. And speaking of Jackson Portmanteaus and Jidia, we get Lydia, Lydia Martin, my beloved Lydia Martin, who is so smart and drops her first chemistry knowledge. Yes. Lydia is smart. She we is. love her. And we get that also in the, the next one, too, I think. Probably, yeah. The parent teacher conferences. Yeah. I like that it's just a running theme that she's yeah. smart and isn't something that they just like throw out there and then as like a, a joke. It's not just funny. It's she's been smart from the pilot. Yep. Love that. But yeah, Derek uses his spidey senses to hear Allison telling Lydia that Scott is coming over after school. With the phenylethylamine? Yeah, I think so. Phenylethylamine? Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Your crush hormones. <laughs> Love that. Love this. Mm-hmm. Just pulling that out of her Jeopardy questions out of nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lydia Martin advocating for safer sex. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to use a condom. Love this for her. And so... Derek tries real hard to listen in and get some info and gets assaulted by the bell. Poor dude. And then definitely tries to manifest out towards Scott. Only to have Styles nearly hit him with the Jeep. Nearly hit him with the Jeep. And it's their love language. I have so many questions about this parking lot. Are you trying to tell me that there's only one road out <laughs> one of exit. this park? Is there only one exit in <laughs> And that like yeah. everyone starts honking after like five seconds and I'm like, slow your roll, my little chickadees. Like, like it, it is not. It's, it's so narrow that you couldn't go around the Jeep. Ugh, hold on. God. I mean, it is Beacon Hills. Maybe there's only six rows. I don't know. Yeah, but it's a high school and high schoolers notoriously have cars that break down. Like this is not That's true. <laughs> like this should not be a big thing. And yet. Yeah, the people honking couldn't wait like two seconds. And obviously they can see that there's a dude on the road. Yeah, they can see this. And like Scott is really concerned and Styles is really concerned. And Allison and Lydia and Jackson and everyone's very concerned. But not about Derek or for his well-being. Just about like, huh, there seems to be a corpse on the road. (laughs) 
Right. There's so much yelling and they're always so concerned about people knowing about Derek or not knowing about Derek. And you're like, stop, get him in the car now then. Don't leave this bleeding man on the side of the road if you're concerned about optics. Yeah. And this is also when Derek tells Scott that Allison is an Argent and that Scott needs to find out what kind of bullet shot him or he's going to die. And it's not the first time that he says he's going to die. I didn't take a tally because I was going to run out. But the Fair. number of times Derek is like, if you don't X, Y, and Z, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Yeah. Probably in the hundreds. Probably. Yeah. yeah. No, it's she's an Argent. She's with them. Yes. And it's like, in this moment, I have to put my like 21, 22-year-old hat on. How does Derek know that he was shot by an Argent? Or is he assuming based on his trauma? So this is an issue I had with both this episode and the next episode is like, I don't know if in these episodes, in the writing of them, or maybe the editing, if they knew quite what the relationship between Derek and Kate was going to be. Because wouldn't Derek have known that that was Kate in the car just by like sight and smell because he was so close? And by like, and by, you, you can hear her. Yeah. So if given information that comes later, wouldn't he know that that was her? And then he could say to Scott, she's an Argent. He would like, I don't know. I, I was shot by Kate. Her name is yeah. Kate Argent. Yeah. But he doesn't. And my question is like, how does Derek know who shot him? Like the easy answer would be like he heard her and her voice is very familiar to him. Mm -hmm. Dun dun. But yeah, in that moment, I was like, how does Derek know that? And when and later, and I think I wrote it in the notes somewhere, when Kate and Chris are talking, there doesn't seem to be that like... Oh, I think it's when they're talking about the code at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. Derek's alive if he's going to leave him to the pat leader. It doesn't seem like there's a history between Kate and Derek. It just seems like they're talking about a werewolf taking them to a pack leader. They don't feel like they're talking about something more, which I would think you would have started planting seeds that there's this like real fucked up relationship. See, I don't see the seeds for the fucked up relationship, but I do see like the- I don't see them either. That's what I'm saying. It's like, there's nothing there other than- Knowing what I know and knowing like how the season ends, I do- Because I don't think that Chris knows about the cause of the hail fire. Mm. And because he seems surprised at that. Right. So Kate is under the impression right now that there's like a new pack- and it's very reasonable at this point, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna put my tinfoil hat on here for a second. At this point, Kate believes that all of the Hales are dead except for for Derek and Laura. No, she knows Laura's dead. Does she know that Laura's dead? Yeah, because of what she says about it in the next episode. And these two episodes happen in like 24 hours. Yeah, they happen in like 24. Yeah, so like. She believes that there's two, that there's an al that there's the alpha and then that there's Derek. She yes. doesn't believe that Derek is like off on his own. She believes no. that there's an alpha. Yes. But she thinks that Derek knows who the alpha is. And she doesn't know that until the next episode. Until 1-5, yeah. Yeah. So This is the problem with having watched one ahead is we're like sussing <sighs> it out now. But it's fine. Yeah. So, you know, Scott basically begs Styles to deal with Derek because – Scott has to go to Allison's house. And the quote is, I hate you for this so much. Why, mm -hmm. Styles? Why do you hate this? 
what about this is particularly upsetting to you? Mm-hmm. I mean, other than the whole like bleeding, dying guy in your car, but like there's something else there you want to talk he about? He doth protest a lot. He doth protest so much. Yeah. and But there is the fun part about these first episodes though is that you get some really, you hate to overuse the word, but like iconic Teen Wolf lines. Start the car, I'm going to rip your throat out with my teeth. The sass has arrived. The banter, the banter between yes. Derek and Styles has begun. And again, something that is so underdeveloped because the actors have such good chemistry they in really these do. kind of like back and forth two-hander scenes that like, just let them go. Let them build that out. Even if you don't turn it into something more down the line, which you should, but if you don't, let these two solve crimes together. <laughs> like, they let would- them... Such a fun buddy cop movie. Yes. Like, even if you're not going to do, even if this is the Allison and Scott love fest, like, whatever. Let these two Nugitsune crime solving whatever the fuck the later seasons are about. Like, because these two put their little heads together. You got your brain and your brawn. It's all set up for you as a trope. Go to town. Yeah. But they don't. They don't. These are the missed opportunities in fandom that's like half the point of this podcast in general. Like not just the pack dynamics, but like Glee and Supernatural is you see these things as fans from the outside and you're like, why? Why? You have embers and sparks and and you didn't light the bonfire why didn't you do this it's like and in the first couple of like seasons the first season and change or whatever i can almost forgive them it's like oh you stumbled into this thing Mm -hmm. by season three i'm like you're doing this on purpose and just leaving it on the floor right you brought out all the legos you like put out the instruction manual and now they're just you just left legos on the floor yeah And you want me to step on them and hurt them. You left me Legos. (laughs) Totally. Like, you're doing this on purpose to hurt me, aren't you? Yeah, you're doing this on purpose to hurt me. And, like, they're not. They're just, you know, doing whatever they think is best or whatever the network wants or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it feels like. This feels like it's on purpose. Feels like it's on purpose. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know. This is why I want to talk to, like, the actual creators and writers and just be like, walk me through this. Was it a studio? Did you not notice? Did you not care? Where are we? Were you so focused on like one pairing and one aspect of the show that you were like, no, we're good. Yeah. Walk me through it. Jeff Davis, if you're alive, walk me through this one. I'd love to be a fly on that wall. Just let me pick your brain. We can be nice. We can be nice about it, right? I'm At this point, I'm just desperately curious. Allison will be nice about it. I'll shut up, but Allison will be nice about it. I can be nice about it. I got this. It's fine. I can't. I'm too old to be nice. Then we can put you on mute and I will be nice. <laughs> So we leave the sass of the car and we go to Scott and Allison at Allison's house. At the worst date ever. The worst date ever. And so there's something I brought up after we shot the podcast last week that I want to talk about here. There's a lot of really good and beautiful human creatures in the Teen Wolf fandom doing the work and doing the math. Mm. So for plot reasons that shall remain nameless, we know how old Kate is. Mm -hmm. We find out her year of birth. And so in this, Allison is like, yeah, that's my aunt Kate. It's my dad's sister, but she's really more like my sister. Mm -hmm. So based on the math, or the, I guess the approximate math of when Allison's birthday is, like what year she was born and what year Kate was born. The fandom math states that Kate Argent would have been like 11 years old when Allison was born. Mm-hmm. So she really is 
Like she's Chris's sister, but she really is like Allison's sister. Yeah. Like an 11 year age gap. It's not nothing. Like, no. And it, and every time I look at Allison's choices, like later on down in the pantheon, I'm like, what do you mean? That wasn't that big a deal. It's like, it wasn't her aunt. It was her sister. Yeah. And every time I remember that, I'm like, I get it a little bit more now. I get it. Yeah. And they don't seem, there's a line a little earlier and it says Kate hasn't seen Allison for like a year probably because she's off murdering people and with her artillery with her her weaponry but we're not sure yet what kind of close relationship they had previously but they seem very close and chummy right they seem very very close i've got old ass brothers we are not that close they're my brothers but like they're also my uncles i don't know it's not the same kind of closeness of because of an age gap they seem to be Allison and Kate seem to be much more like sisters than aunt and niece yeah they do they seem to at least in this episode have a really Mm -hmm. close relationship and they seem to mean a lot to each other yep which is very sweet also very unfortunate for allison it's really unfortunate for everyone across the board but here we go also unfortunate that some of the main characters here have the names of all my friends true facts (laughs) true facts including me Including you. Yay. But so Allison drops the line. Yeah. Kate used to live here in Beacon Hills. Huh. I wonder when she lived in Beacon Hills. Hmm. Weird. Huh. Maybe a few years ago. Interesting. How about that? How about that? Just a few. How about that? Yeah. So Scott, however, sees a picture of Kate and realizes that she is Allison's aunt and also the woman who shot Derek. So now he's, he's stuck with that knowledge. Derek was right. She is an Argent. She is one of them. Hmm. Scott has been so worried that he is going to be the one to hurt Allison. But maybe he doesn't need to worry so much because Allison has a surprise skill, which is archery. Secret talent. Secret talent, which is pretty bad. Well, her other secret talent is front flipping out of windows. Yeah, she's a gymnast that never comes up ever again. Nope. But she is also... What did she say? Nationally ranked? I yeah, think? I was ranked nationally as a kid, I think. Yeah, at archery. We are assuming that this is Chris being like, we got to train my daughter up to be a hunter. But not actually tell her it's for werewolf murdering. It's for funsies. All little girls. I mean, I actually think being good at archery would be amazing. So. It would be really cool. <laughs> that would be sweet. I bet it's an expensive hobby, though. Yeah. So if you've never seen the show, Allison's gymnastics never comes back. The archery comes back all the time. Yes, that is her her thing, which is pretty badass. It's super badass. I love it. That's a fun one to have. It's not super practical when you're like running for your life with a bow and arrow. No. But it's cool. Scott also happens upon Daddy Argent's weapons cache, and Allison says that her dad sells weapons to local law enforcement. I'm not sure why that means he keeps them in his garage. Because they don't have a warehouse? I don't really know how private people, private citizens, sell weapons to local law enforcement. That sounds sketch, but I also freely admit I know 0% about selling weapons. Uh, I got no information. That's a zero on the knowledge scale for me. I'll let you guys fill that in for yourselves. Guns are bad. So Scott here in this scene, like Lydia Martin earlier said, safe sex is important. Scott McCall says gun control. (laughs) When I look hot with a gun, hmm, hotter without. Yep. Scott McCall says gun control. Scott McCall says fuck the NRA. 
Okay, he doesn't say that, but he does say that Allison would look hotter without a gun. <laughs> Which is true. She looks hotter with a bow and arrow. True facts. I think everyone looks better with a bow and arrow. <laughs> she's deadlier with a bow and arrow, too. Oh my God, she's such a good shot. <laughs> Especially when they're tipped with Wolfsbane. Whee! The Argents, however, come home and catch them hiding out in the garage. You know, Daddy Argent is not pleased by his daughter dating because, you know, it's a teen movie. Why would he? But they, Kate invites Scott to stay over for dinner because she is chaotic. And then they just proceed to razz him the entire night about drinking school, I think. Yeah. They pretty much just fuck with him all night over just dinner. Just all night. All night. While he's getting texts from Styles, being like, where the fuck are you? Derek is literally dying in, yeah. in my jeep and if you think about the timing of this styles and Derek are sitting on the side of the road in the jeep all this time they yeah. have not moved they they're are just, just sitting there they're just hanging out what are they talking about for these like three four hours are they just sitting in silence it must be all of this off-screen time where Derek and styles are talking to each other off screen because that's another thing that'll follow us through the next few seasons is that both styles and Derek will show up with information that they could have only gleaned from the other one but we didn't see that exchange of information happen on yeah. screen they have to hang out with each other for the information to have crossed to have crossed so it must be an issue an incident like this where they are sitting in the jeep in the dark with him bleeding to death and being poisoned by wolfsbane and just having a chat having a chat about werewolves because i cannot believe that styles h stilinski <laughs> whatever his fucking middle name is would not pepper that poor dying man with questions about lycanthropy. Everything. And full moons. Everything. And his blood type and what his teeth are like. And transformations and the pet dynamics and all, you know, everything. And like gross things about like, so what happens to your bones when you transfer and transform? Can you turn into a wolf? Yeah. Full wolf? Half wolf? <laughs> What happens to downstairs when you transform? Like everything. Can and, you rip your th like rip my throat out yeah. with your teeth? Can I see it? It's probably a miracle he didn't die in that. And it's only because Derek kind of likes him a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It's like, fine. I'll keep you alive. Yeah, you're entertaining. But Scott is actually on a mission, and it is to find evidence of the bullets that hurt Derek. And he does find them in Kate's bag in the guest room. In the guest room and like this whole scene, even if you haven't figured out that Kate is a violent, chaotic little creature, this scene alone in the hallway, she's such a predator. Mm -hmm. Like ugh, in the shadows with the like eyes kind of like over her fake glasses. It's just like, oh, <laughs> she sucks. <laughs> but her outfit is adorable. So we're going to go with that. Yeah. She also looks straight out of 2011. Correct. A hundred percent. If I had been a grown adult in 2011 and not a college student, I would have wanted to dress just like that. Oh, totally. Yeah. I Instead, I was dressing like Allison Argent with the long <laughs> tank tops and the big necklaces. Yeah. That was me instead. Totally. So yeah, so Scott keeps trying to leave. They keep holding him back. When he does finally get to leave, Kate confronts him about stealing something from her bag, which is when Allison as a fully mature, badass woman steps up and flashes a condom to prove that it was her going through Kate's bag. I think the only question I have here is who did Kate think she was going to seduce? Okay, yes. 
Why does she have condoms in her bag? Like, I do appreciate a woman of any sexual age having precautionary measures on her own person. Like, heck yeah, absolutely. But like, did Kate come back to Beacon Hills to murder people and seduce people? Is this just like, she's like, are they expired? Are they just like hanging out in her bag? Like, how did Allison know they were there? I have so many questions. In which bag were they in? Were they in the same bag as the bullets? Because isn't that the bag that Scott went through to go through all of them? Yeah, she seemed to only have one bag. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and I did like Scott's grin when he finally realized what that meant. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> it was like, oh, oh. He was just so happy. Like, I'm like, oh, you go. Yeah. But I want to rewind a hot minute. And I'm sorry. I'm almost sorry about this. So Chris at the dinner table gives this like very formal storied speech to Scott about mm. a rabid dog. Mm-hmm. And from like a cinematography standpoint, like in the beginning of the speech about how like rabies has transferred, it's focused on Kate. And so like the camera's focused on Kate. So like my whole little brain is like, is, does she have rabies? Like, Did she get it from somebody? <laughs> Who did she get rabies from? Well, she would be dead. Dun, dun. And that speech is incredible. Like that speech is so cool and it comes back and it can be applied to all kinds of things and like, ha 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 ha, amazing. But at the end of it, Victoria, you know, it's like, do you know how the story ends? It's like, the dog died. It's like, yeah, because your grandfather shot it. And my first question is, what else did you shoot, Gerard? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Because we meet Allison's grandfather, and he, like his daughter, (laughs) likes to shoot things. They are all very trigger-happy. They're all very trigger-happy. And I'm just like, what else did you shoot, huh? 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 How about that? Yeah. (laughs) Is it important? No, but it was my first thought was just about Gerard and the things that he shoots. Yeah. Yup. He is also a fucking creep. Yeah. We'll talk about that next season. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't come until next season, does he? Nope. Well, stay tuned. In 24 episodes. Well, because a girl wants to talk about season two, so a girl's got to talk about season one first. Yep. Very true. Well, then we move to the vet clinic. To the vet clinic where- The hallowed grounds. The hallowed grounds of the veterinary clinic. And, you know, Derek is like, I'm going to die. And Styles is like, no, you're not. You're fine. And Derek's is like, cool. So if he doesn't show up in time, I'm going to need you to cut off my arm. His second love language. Acts (laughs) of service. Acts of service. But the trust implied in like- The trust implied is obscene. I love it. I love it so much. I love it so much. I'm just like, what is happening? Am I mad that these are once again a couple of white boys that I'm obsessed with? Yes, of course. However, the trust implied. (laughs) Like, hey, we barely know each other and I'm going to need you to cut off my arm so I don't die. So here's the other half of this thing. Derek says, hey, cut off my arm. And at the end of this like very dynamic sequence, Styles goes, okay yeah like he doesn't he doesn't say okay but he like puts the saw like on Mm -hmm. Derek's arm and it's like about to cut off his arm like Derek asked me like will you save my life and Styles is like okay like an hour ago I was pretty sure you were a murderer but I guess I'll do it this is the third love language Mm -hmm. (laughs) what's what do we access service we'll we'll get a better list yeah but (laughs) it's the same it's the like I'll always come back for you the like Mm -hmm. But luckily for us, Scott Scott shows up with the right thing. Yay! Mm -hmm. He's got it. Of course, Derek does still faint. And then we get another iconic scene of Styles like holding Derek's face and punching him to wake him him up. Please don't kill me for this. 
and it hurts my soul. So back in the day, and I, I want to say, I'm going to call this back from my thing. I want to say it was it, not your internet friend, Katie, but my internet friend, Katie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are so many internet Katie's. Y'all need to stop. I love you all desperately, but I'm, it was either her or it was B, Glee on the Rocks fame. So we get this scene of Styles like trying to punch Derek awake. And there's another scene later on, uh, way later on, where we see a similar mm-hmm. shot. And the caption put on by one of those two beautiful internet friends was like, if this were a het couple, they'd be married by now. <laughs> yeah. And I took yeah. a minute to think about that. And I was like, you're totally correct. Yes. <laughs> you're not wrong. Okay. Yeah. As long as it wasn't a dude punching a woman in the face, because that would have some troubling optics. But yes. <laughs> I mean, like, if he was, like, trying to, like, slap her awake from being unconscious, yes. like, eh, yes. you might be able to still pull it. But I don't yeah. know. You can slap me awake. That's fine. Yeah. Yet again, another question from my live Tweety-esque notes. Who taught Derek to do this? Okay. So I think, you know how, like, there's always a trope in movies and books and TV and media and et cetera of, like dad showing children how to like clean and dress a gun you know you take it apart you put it back together yeah i feel like this was another one of those things it's like here's how you take apart a bullet in case you get hurt and you light the wolf spain on fire like it was like a medical kit like all werewolf kids learned how to repair bone nettles from (laughs) their skin that doesn't surprise that feels plausible right so like here's like basic werewolf 911 skills. First aid. Like, first aid skills is Wolfsbane bullets, fire, broken bones, other dangerous herbs, other dangerous herbs and spices. And then no one taught them how to mend a broken heart. Rip. <laughs> so we hold our hearts gently in this moment because, you know, Scott is amazing. And so Scott like has, he's got the right bullet and everyone's really excited. And then he loses it. And then he like, he like loses it in a drain, but he is able to control his claws and he plucks it up. And we're all like, yeah, Scott, we got this. And we're all very excited about Scott. And he does a great job here. Yes, he does. And then Derek breaks the thing apart and he lights it on fire and he shoves it in his arm. And the pain is so overwhelming. He immediately collapses to the floor. And you see Scott and Scott's just like, oh, man, like, are you okay? He's got this like real concerned look on his Mm -hmm. face because Derek is on the floor half naked and like writhing in pain. And Scott's really concerned for his bud. He's really concerned for his dude. His good man. That is not (laughs) the look on Styles' face. No. That is not. There is not a look of concern on that boy's face. He's real scared. It's a look of curiosity and awe. Because he's shirtless writhing on the floor. And it finally heals, and the first one of the styles' mouth is, that was awesome! Okay, he also healed from a near-fatal bullet really fast. Like, I know they have accelerated healing, but, like, okay, so later he gets poked with a cattle prod, and he's, like, on the floor for minutes, unable to stand. This bullet with Wolfsbane is, like, cured in 15 seconds. Yeah. What what are the rules? Tell me the rules. Either that or they just like fast forwarded it like through the whole thing. Maybe, yeah. It's like three hours later. Like, I don't know. But like you literally watch the wolf and get like sucked out of his skin and you're like, that's yeah. not how that works. So it goes away. It does. I imagine that Styles would have offered to have been shot himself with Wolfsbane to see if it would work for him. Yeah. And it doesn't. Yeah. 
<laughs> he does have the vibe of someone who's like, okay, I'll try it. Would that work on me? Can we try it? Can we do it? I'll do it. I wouldn't recommend it. Wouldn't recommend it. But everyone is like, all right, we did it. We came through the first episode of trauma bonding. And now everyone is friends. Mm -hmm. Yes. Except after all this, Scott is still like, hey, Derek, I need you to stay away because the Argents are better than you. I was like, Scott, this is why I have such a hard time with you. They're not. The Argents aren't better. What the fuck are you talking? Derek nearly died. And you're just like, okay, now that you're better, if you could just like back the fuck off a little bit. And then Derek's yeah. like, no, no, I need to show you something. Which introduces us to another family member. It does. So again, my incessant questions. So we've got Scott, Styles, and Derek all at the vet's office, right? Mm-hmm. And then Scott Which apparently and doesn't Derek. have any security cameras in it. Yeah, no, just none. Deaton's like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. So Derek and Scott go to meet the new plot point. Mm-hmm. Did Styles just like stay in the car? Was he invited? Did he just like, nah, I'll take Derek home. You head on along. So part of me assumes that Scott or Styles is loitering in the hallway at the hospital. That tracks. Or at like the as like a lookout. Home. Yeah, because it makes no other functional sense. There was one car. Did they run to the nursing home? Like, I don't know. Scott doesn't have a car. Derek has the Camaro. They didn't go back to his house and then get the Camaro. Like, I'm assuming Styles is there unseen, poking around in a medicine cabinet somewhere. Probably. He's somewhere. I had so many questions. I'm like, we don't need to bring Styles into this particular plot point. We'll get to Styles in this particular plot point further down the street. Styles doesn't need to be confronted with Peter just yet. Not today. That happens and I believe it's episode 10. But we'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there. So I'm just like, does Styles not get to go on, on the field trip? It's just Scott. <laughs> That's the kind of shit where I'm just like, pay attention to your characters. <laughs> he had to go somewhere, but that's yeah. okay. So Derek introduces Scott to the only other surviving Hale member, you know, that we who know survived of. the fire, Peter Hale. Yep. With these horrible burn scars and this mm-hmm. like comatose stare. He was a werewolf. Now he's barely human. So according to the text in this, six years ago. <laughs> the text. <laughs> the text. The, the sacred text. According to the lore. According to the text that we are dissecting. The fire was six years ago and there were mm-hmm. 11 people trapped inside. Yes. So Peter made it out. Laura made it out. Derek made it out. Somebody else yet to be named made it out. Mm-hmm. So then 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. That's seven people. Yeah. Well, he also says Peter was the only survivor. And I'm like, but Derek, you survived. So yeah, I think Peter was the only one to like be trapped in the house and then survive. Yeah. The wording was a little like. It's a little weird. Did did anyone copyright that? Did anyone copy edit this? Because. So at best estimates, my arithmetic is probably very bad. I'm counting on my fingers. I have a lot of other skills, I promise. He lost at least seven people Mm -hmm. in the fire in the house on the same day. Yeah. Up to 10. Up to 10. Yeah. Because maybe Laura wasn't in the house. Yeah. Because like he knows that Laura got out and that Peter survived. Mm -hmm. But everyone else is just poof. So by the most polite estimates, if Derek right now, so in the pilot, we get introduced to Derek and Scott and Styles are talking and Styles is like, yeah, he's only a few years older than us. 
So if the fire was six years ago, and again, someone has done the math, I haven't read this far into the math, so I'm going to try it myself. Wish me luck. If by the most conservative estimates, he's like 22, which isn't only a few years older, that's really more like 19. No, he's got to be like 19. It doesn't make any sense for him to be 22. So yeah, and that's the thing is that like, if he's 22, then six years ago, as someone who's better at arithmetic than me can tell me. (laughs) I'm not good at math, but it's 16. So yeah, he would have been 16 at the time of the fire. If it's more realistic and he's more like, you know, 19, then six years ago, he was 13 at the time of the fire. Yeah, that makes more sense to me. And that makes a ton more sense to me too. But as they, as the writers develop this story, we start running into problems. Yes. We start running into math problems. That's their problem, not my problem. No, I just, I, <laughs> as I try to put it all together in my head, I'm like, huh, you're running into a math problem. So yes, we do. We get to meet Uncle Peter and he is having a real bad time. Having a real bad time. Yes, he is. But Derek's like, the Argens were the only ones who knew about the Hales and that this is what they do and that this is what Allison will do. Dun, dun. So we had Scott on one hand being like, Derek's scary. And now we've got Derek being like, Allison's kind of scary. And Styles probably being like, man, everyone is really attractive in Beacon Hills. Everyone in Beacon Hills is just such a babe. Yeah. He's just like, I think everyone's scary because they're hot. I think everyone's scary because they're hot. I'm pretty sure that's just Styles' whole brain. Yeah. He's just like in the hallways, just like hot, 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 yeah. hot, 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 hot. <laughs> Fantastic. So we find ourselves to wrap up the episode in the Argent living room with Chris talking to Kate. Mm-hmm. And Chris seems to be very concerned with the code. Yes, the previously unheard of code. The code. And Kate laughs at the code. You and your code. Which leads us to believe that Kate doesn't have as strong feelings about the code as Chris does. Exactly. Yeah, you wouldn't want to like, she just wants to murder with impunity. For fun and for profit. Yeah. As long as they're werewolves, I guess. Although we don't have a sense of if she'll like murder people. She clearly doesn't see werewolves as people. No, very clearly does not see them as people. Yeah. Where it's unclear. Chris Arjun is still kind of an unknown. Like, obviously he has issues with Derek. Also, maybe because he kind of finds him hot. Well, he did have that very intimidating. A very sexualized window washing moment. Check the man's oil, like, oh, Christopher. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, ask him first. That was a choice. That was a very Damn. intentional <laughs> intimidation tactic, question mark. Can't just check a man's oil without asking. Don't watch a man's car. Chris, boundaries. Boundaries, permission, boundaries. consent. Yeah, but it does seem like at this stage, he's not shooting with impunity. We don't actually know. We don't know what he's doing. He's trying to hunt the alpha, where Kate is like, She'll take anyone down just for funsies. Just for fun. That just seems to be her whole thing, that she has no restrictions and she is her own moral authority. Yeah. Or no moral authority. Yeah. And this is the scene, though, where I was like, do the writers know that Kate and Derek have a history or have they not developed that yet? Or are they just filming this like, oh, we'll figure it out later? It's a good question. I believe at this point, I would believe that they know the connection between the Argents and the fire. Yeah. But I don't know because i feel like you could draw a line from the argents to the hail fire without kate and derek mm, mm-hmm. 
because she would have like done her research and stalked the back and done all these things. I think you could actually draw a conceivable line from Kate Argent to the Hail Fire mm-hmm. without any of the bits and pieces in the middle. So I don't know if they had the bits and pieces in the middle already planned out when this episode was written or shot. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because it just, it felt, it did feel like something was missing knowing what comes later is you're like, you kind of felt like there would be more mockery or more teasing from Kate being like, ah, Derek, miss me. You know, some like- Yeah, more like a single-minded attention Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, from Kate to Derek. Yep. Yep. Totally. Yeah. But we don't get it. Nope. Then Kate Argent- I always play by the rules. <laughs> okay, crazy. Okay, okay, ma'am. Sure thing, yeah. ma'am. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess if rules are what you've come up with that day, sure. Like your own decisions yeah. on what is good and right and what's not. That's cool. Yeah. In that way, I guess I also play by rules. <laughs> like, I play by the rules. Yeah. Like, yeah, all right, know. weirdo. Kate, Kate has just decided that this is like what she needs to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a banana nut. But yeah, that's uh, we we kind of end the episode here with Kate playing with fire in case the connection between the Archons and the Hales wasn't clear yet. In case the like burn mm-hmm. victim yep. <laughs> and fireplace player weren't connected. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> they are now. This episode is such like conflicting for me because like I like because like I like I like can you tell we lived in California once? I like <laughs> Like, oh my god, so like Teen Wolf, it's hella cool, man. It's okay, but everyone in Seattle still says hella. Ah, it's because you're too close to Northern California. Not that you're close to Northern California, but you're too close to North. We've always we've always said hella. I don't know what it is about this little area. I miss hella. Hella, you just got to bring it back. It feels good to say. You're like, man, that was a hella good cup of coffee today. It feels good to say. These fucking kids out here are bringing back millennial shit, like, and you gotta say hella. I miss hella, but I do say y'all all the time, and it just mm-hmm. feels so good in my mouth. Just y'all. It feels good. It's, like, nice and soft. Hella is soft. Hella is so soft. It's it's it feels okay. good. So. Everyone listening, just start bringing it, just pepper it in once in a while. Just, you know, if you're, like, thinking about something, like, man, that was a really hella good book I read. You it can just, use it ooh, in it place of, like, very. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It fit, take very out and put hella in. Yeah. It was hella good. It was hella bad. Hella good. You don't have to go so far. Hella hot. Oh my God. It's hella hot outside. It's hella hot outside. (laughs) You don't have to start going back into tight. You don't have to say things were hella tight. We don't need to bring that one back, but you can bring hella back. Hella's a good one. I'm going to try to sprinkle that in a little bit. Sprinkle it. Just see how it it tastes. It's good. It's if you haven't, if you haven't had hella, it's, it's a good one. We could do like a valley girl and be like, so this episode really adds an element of danger? Because Kay Argent is such a chaotic character, you know? She just really decides to do whatever she wants to do at any time. They really confront their vulnerabilities. And they seem to be completely ignoring something. Like, maybe their code is like a fire code or something. (laughs) Maybe it's like... Maybe it's like hella unimportant. I don't know. Their fire extinguishers were not up to date. They were expired. They were hella expired. That hurts my throat to do. <laughs> Ugh, good times. I know. It's kind of, it's a pivotal episode, right? You know, you've, yeah. especially in the narrative. Yeah. You've got a bigger bad coming in because Chris is kind of out there 
you're not sure what he's going to do. He doesn't seem like he's going to go off and be a rogue. He feels like he's a problem, but he's not an immediate problem. Kate comes in and she is an immediate threat. Yeah, an immediate threat. Yeah, she is problem number one right now. And immediately tries to- Yeah, 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 there's an alpha, whatever. But like this lady- Yeah, and like the alpha is out there and you're kind of thinking, okay, there's an alpha and two of our characters really want to figure this out. Do I, the viewer, want to figure this out? Or do I want Kate to figure this out for me? <laughs> like, yeah, is she going to find the alpha? Dun, dun. Yeah, and we're, you know, we've got emotional struggles, you know, trying to find solutions for problems like a magic bullet. it's the title of the episode so it must be important it's thematic so thematic hella thematic hella thematic indeed gotta decide if we're gonna name these episodes i'll just call it hella thematic (laughs) hello pilot hello pilot hello wolf hello Hello bullets yeah so yeah, so people have to, you know, make their allegiances. At some point, Allison is going to have to decide friends or family. Scott needs to get his shit together and decide who he is going to trust right now. I don't think he knows at all. He doesn't know Derek. He doesn't, I mean, he's got Styles, but at some point, Styles isn't a werewolf. And I think Scott kind of always feels like a separation between him and Styles now because Styles doesn't have to deal with puberty part two. Yeah, the very specific problems that come with being a werewolf and it comes with, yeah. you know, all of the rest of the banana nut trauma that comes from, you know, being attached to an alpha you've never met and being attached to, you know, this girl that you really, really like whose mm-hmm. aunt is definitely willing to just straight up murder you. Like, yeah. and having to keep secrets from everybody and... It's that's it's really hard. And, you know, Scott is going through it essentially alone. Mm -hmm. He's got Styles and he's got Derek sort of, but he won't quite reach out to Derek in a way that he needs at this point. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to lean on Styles, but there's only so much Styles can give him. He's doing this alone and it just sucks. Styles is trying so hard, though. Styles will research something to death to help. Yeah, and he's trying. He is trying. But Scott is doing this pretty much by himself. And it just, I can only imagine the actual pressures that that would put on your psyche. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Awful. Yep. Something I'm so glad will never happen because werewolves aren't real. Yeah, I was thinking werewolves aren't real, but that seems bold to say. I don't know. Like, uh, we're talking aliens. I, like, I don't know. I'm not going to call anything not real. I don't know. I don't know. There's I mean, I don't, possibilities. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I don't functionally believe in fucking anything, right? I listen to some podcasts where some of the hosts will go off on like, oh, I saw a specter in the corner of my bedroom the other night. And I was like, oh, I felt like it was my grandmother. Like, oh, fuck off. Because <laughs> I don't believe in anything. But it also does seem very bold to be like, werewolves aren't real in the six billion year history of this planet to be like, I have decided (laughs) because now tomorrow a fucking werewolf is going to show up just to be like, Hey, you're wrong. Hey, I'm I'm real. You're wrong. (sighs) I'm real. Also, I live in like Sasquatch country. Yeah, you live in Sasquatch country. (laughs) You do. I mean, some of the best coffee shops around here are dedicated to Sasquatch and it seems rude to like deny our mascot, his right to exist. 
Yeah, there's a really excellent coffee shop here in the town that I live in that's named for one of Thor's ravens. Ooh, incredible. Like Which one? Moonin. Perfect. So it's like, are you going to tell me that like Thor isn't real? Like you're going to like, you know, I mean, I'm just not in a position to say that you're wrong. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know that my boss isn't a werewolf. He hasn't told me his identity. We don't talk about it. <laughs> oh, all right. So before we go even more just wildly off track, I, I've, as I've told you and as I told Emily, I'm trying really hard to figure out like an ongoing end of the episode. Like shtick. Shtick. And we're going to try this one out and we're going to see how we like it. Okay. I don't know what's coming, so I'm really afraid. So the name of the shtick is this is the episode you're looking for. Okay. And as I've mentioned a few times, I am in my little crafty brain, a gift maker. And there is nothing more frustrating when you are a gift maker to be like, I know that there's a scene mm. in here somewhere, but I don't know where it is. And you go through like seven episodes trying to find it. Mm -hmm. So if you are looking for Allison in the purple pajamas, if you're looking <laughs> for any scene of like Styles and Derek in the veterinarian's office where he, where Styles is like trying to punch Derek awake, if you are looking for Kate Argent like debuting with the gun, if you're looking for Chris Argent in his like snarky, if you're looking for the beginning of of Derek and Jackson, that like scene at the lockers, if you are looking for like Scott and Allison being just unbelievably cute in like the condom scene. This mm. is the episode you're looking for. Mm -hmm. This is the episode you're looking for. One for Magic Bullet. This is the one. If you're looking for, I'm going to rip your throat out with my teeth. This is the episode you're looking for. This is it. Yeah. That's a good if you're one. I like for, it. For Peter Hale's debut, this is what you're looking for. This is the this episode is, you're looking for. This can be our social media blitz for Love every that. episode when we release is we'll have you kind of put together like a little yeah like a pretty not don't you don't have to make new gifts for every fucking thing but <laughs> or should you Ooh. right okay 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 so but we'll put together like a pretty little like bullet point of like one image or something and be like this is the episode you were looking for as the front cover right of a social like a, a carousel on instagram i'm gesticulating wildly right now no one <laughs> i can like tell. that she's promising you things that i have to deliver on so like let's let's just be clear here What's your, what is what is your point this is what <laughs> you're going to do <laughs> so like a pretty little cover image that says this is the episode you're looking for one by four and then behind it in the carousel is like stills and it'll be like a little scene it'll say like peter hale in the nursing home one by four one by four you know I like it for you. <laughs> for, for me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen and friends of all genders, this is friendship. This yeah. is friendship right here. Listen, I am climbing the ranks of my company. I delegate now. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. What as have I we gotten ourselves more... into, friends? What have we gotten ourselves into? <laughs> as I take on more and more responsibility, I have to delegate. You have to delegate. Yes, of course you have to delegate. All right. All right. All right. We will be back next time with episode one five the tell yes which features a not blockbuster video store but i will be calling it a blockbuster so just what do you mean it's tuned. not a blockbuster aren't all video rental stores blockbuster i honestly thought it was when i first saw it and i was like it's a blockbuster and then it wasn't and i was like no it's a blockbuster just fucking <sighs> deal with it yeah sorry right. and that episode will feature a canon or fanon and i'm very excited for it oh no i'm going to fail that it's gonna be no no, no it's so it's so obvious is it yeah it's a yeah yeah, yeah. no it's totally <laughs> obvious it's a real I'm, good one i'm so excited to i'm so excited i'm so excited for this next podcast all right we're so excited 
Yeah. Okay. Maybe that'll be another social media. I never actually get around to doing the social media stuff because uh, work, but yeah, maybe Canon or Fanon will be another social media thing that we do for every episode or episodes that we pick Canon or Fanon stuff that out we of. have things for. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, thank you for listening. You can find us on the internet at Fandom on the Rocks. This one is called Pack Dynamics. And you can find us wherever podcasts are sold. <laughs> and we'll catch you next time. Oh, and if you want to support the podcast, you can at patreon.com slash fandom on the rocks for all sorts of bonus content, including the That's My Ship episodes that Allison mentioned earlier, which are a lot of fun. And we hopefully will be doing more of them. And if you, dear listener, have a ship that you are fanatic about and want to talk to us about, let us know, drop us a line, and we will chat with you about it and then make other people listen to it on the podcast because that's how this works. It's ours to do whatever we want with. So thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Pack Dynamics, a Fandom on the Rocks podcast. For more episodes, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us online at Fandom on the Rocks. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash fandom on the rocks. Subscribers get access to ad-free content, exclusive bonus episodes, deep diving into fandom, and more. So until next time, keep your pack close. <laughs>